City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Limits. Okay, at City Limits, and uh, I noticed in the kitchen as I came in, John, there's a sign-up saying we collectively all the programs on 3CR are, are still 18000 which isn't that bad really, but $18,000 short, so we're asking people. Now, this program got its thing, but if people can ditch in, and of course we do yeah. need to update equipment like just before we went to air... Mm. Meg said, why are all the headphones faulty? Falling apart. Thank faulty. you for taking out that expletive that I put in there. <laughs> yes, I, I, I said faulty. Another, said another, yes, another F like, word. Wait, wait, wait. The, the headphones are effed. They're definitely effed. So we need money for all that sort of thing here at 3CR. And I should Please put my headphones donate. on so I, I can sort of hear what's going on. I just want headphones with two pads on them. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's it. And that is Meg Kimber who's pressing the buttons for us and doing a great job. So Morning. far, John, keeping us on air. Oh, yes, she was. It's been high class so far. You're John McPherson because you're our monthly transport. It's the butt makes it the first Wednesday of the month. I'm Kevin Healy. It is city limits, and we're going to be looking at transport today. We were hoping to um, talk to Graham Curry from Monash, but um, communications broke down yesterday like I couldn't find him. But uh, (laughs) (laughs) but that is, we'll get there. Uh, Because he's uh, recently come out again with comments about the fact that we need to stop building roads altogether in Melbourne and et cetera. Perhaps I should say he's 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 an academic at Monash who specialises in transport. There's a special um, public transport unit at Monash that he leads. Yep, I'm going to pour some tea. what what influence so far having on the... um, because the Monash is the area we were talking about last month, mm-hmm. right? Oh, okay. Weren't we? You were we well, we talked about well, Monash in the fact well, that it's isolated month. mostly from public transport. That's and, yeah, right. Yeah. 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 Well, the um, the minister's um, orbital loop railway will go through Monash, but um, oh, there we are. A couple of but that could you, be some t- time away. Yeah. Oh, that says Aries. I'm an Aries. I better take you keep that one. the Aries cup. Yeah. Okay. That's there the one I, mean, I wanted anyway. Thanks. Thanks. The meantime, <laughs> at the meantime, the uh, Monash has got um, buses, and that's it. By Melbourne standards, yeah. it's not a bad bus service, but it's um, it's still a bit. Bit bit trying when it's such a large generator of trips, of course. Yeah, such mm. a huge generator of trips. Yeah, yep. well, there's plenty of roads out there. Though, and we want to. T- I think today we could spend some time on transport when we get there on on roads, John. Because I think we should. Yes, there's a few things going. There's there the Ararat situation, of course. Yes, and not just is it doing terrible damage to the the culture of the local people. Oh, you mean beyond, beyond Ararat? Yes, yes, yes. The, yes. Road. Um, the road to Ararat. The, the Jabberung yes. situation. But yes. also um, beyond Ararat, public, I mean, looking at it from a purely transport point mm-hmm. of view, they're yep. putting millions into these roads. Yep. And beyond Ararat, there's virtually no public transport at all. I mean, there's mm. the odd mm. bus and things. And buses is I all mentioned, get, yes. I mentioned yes. last yes. week I've got a friend at Matoa. I mentioned mm. him a few times. Mm. But, you know, and he... Like when we went to Ballarat for lunch the other week to meet him halfway on yep. a Saturday, we yep. got on a train in one an hour. It's not too bad, one an hour from Ballarat. Pretty good um, yeah, by our standards. But yeah. he had to wait another two hours at Ballarat to get the connection to go back and then mm. connect with a bus somewhere mm. else. And 
the time we left him at the bar and he's pretty small, so by the time we t- the bus came, he was pretty much under the weather. <laughs> <laughs> you know that for a fact, Kevin, or you uh, just I, suspected No, he, he, did, he did confess. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but that's another aspect yeah, of well, it. Well, once upon um, a time, of course, there was a train service all the way to the border. Um, right out to service, service yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it, now it doesn't. It, no, uh, no. Most of them, in fact, only go to Wendaree, and the odd one goes to Ararat. But then you've yeah, got Ararat, this bus Ararat's, from there. Yeah, um, got three or four trains a day. Yeah. Which, what happened to the train to the border? Um, well, when the uh, line to Adelaide was converted to standard gauge, oh. that made the, made it more difficult to operate to provide a. Oh, a service a, a train, yeah, yeah. So it used to be that you'd go to the border and you'd change trains? No, there oh. were also through tra- one through train a day to the, Adelaide. The Overland. The Overland. But the Overland now runs just mm. twice a week yeah. instead oh. of every night. It's so. more of a novelty it's, train. Uh, yes, I think that's yeah. probably a good way to put it. <laughs> the, the Overland goes through many of those small yeah, towns out there mm. in the Wimmera um, and Mallee, but doesn't stop. No, um, no, which is ridiculous. I mean, I think they should be a system where if someone wants to get on or off at mm. those stops, it stops for them. It'd make no difference to the timetable. In fact, if they did that, really? No, no, they don't go through so fast. That the, oh, that know, someone could they could just slow yeah. down to sort of twenty k an hour, no, no, and no. the person could just sort of jump Leap off. off. Yeah. Leap on, yeah. You can't do that to country people. You really can't. You'd <laughs> <laughs> okay. be the odd knee injury, but be okay. <laughs> Just teach like everybody it. how to sort of roll. So it's um, slowly, slowly the people out there are campaigning to get something better back. Mm. But, um, I mean, while there's no um, electoral advantage, I don't know if anything's going to happen. Mm. No, and the other Anyhow, one, of the course... the trains up to Maribara, that, that's been improved slightly. I think there are now three trains each way a wow. day to, to Maribara rather than mad. two. <laughs> oh, well, you know, again, by Victorian <laughs> standards, it's okay. not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and also we should have a look at the North East Link again too and in, in the oh, context should, of yeah. the government's attempt to... Uh, to declare the Eastern Freeway a historical and a heritage site, yes. um, which, of course, as we mentioned last week when we spoke to um, we Libby. spoke to Libby Porter yeah. last week about it, uh-huh. um, about talking about the she'd been up to Ararat. Um, well, that that you know the, the the irony of the whole thing, of course, I think, I think everyone knows the irony yeah. that they're yeah. tearing down building roads and, and attacking Aboriginal. Mm. Sacred sites while declaring a freeway in Melbourne a sacred white so, site. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, yes it's, a, so. it's a pretty, um, it's a pretty neat trick if you can bring it off and still yeah. and still manage to explain it on John Payne's show. Yeah, yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. he being about the only uh, person on radio who actually asks asks a few hard questions. Mm. Yeah. What about city limits, John? We ask you hard questions. Do we? Yeah. Speak <laughs> <laughs> like, for yourself, Kevin. Hard question. Well, hard question. Like, why did you say that? <laughs> um, Sorry, Kevin. I shouldn't. Anyway. I shouldn't rubbish you. Anyway. <laughs> You've got to keep your delusions. Well, <laughs> thank you, Jay. Um, the um, Matthias Corman, one of the great minds of this oh, country, yes. has come out again. And... Um, <laughs> He spoke to the Sydney Institute the other night. Oh, and um, That would have been a meeting yeah, of minds. <laughs> he explained why Labor lost the election. Oh, good. Yeah, do you know what it was? It wasn't that Bill Shorten wasn't popular or any of those no, things. No. It was economic socialism. Oh. Yeah, uh. yeah. Went mad, apparently. Those frothing yeah. right-wingers, so they'll say anything. It lost they? it because it embraced socialist economics, including a false assertion that Australia had a major and growing inequality problem. 
Right. Now, we'd agree with that, wouldn't we? That we can't see any major or growing inequality <laughs> problem here in Australia, can we? Well, no. it's so far, I can't no. see Tarak for me. No, no, that's right. <laughs> no, okay. Um, it costed dearly at the last four elections. Um, oh. Yes. I see. In the end, um, Labor's political gamble that enough Australians had forgotten the historical failure of socialism failed. Failure failed, oh. which is why, despite all the political challenges, etc., etc. But he goes on to say, this is the bit I loved. <laughs> Senator Cormann said Kevin Rudd enjoyed a solid win in 07 because he convinced voters he was an economic conservative, a safe carbon copy of John Howard. We know now that he wasn't. Oh, oh. Oh. And we can all recall those mad socialist running riot days of Kevin Rudd, can't we? <laughs> um, Wayne Swan had different ideas. <laughs> I wish he'd put out what they were because I never noticed them. But anyway, it, it was back in 07 when Labor's political march back toward the socialist left got under, underway in earnest. I put it to you and respectfully to the Labor Party, I bet it's respectful, that it has cost them dearly at every federal election since, especially in 2019. He said Labor needed to embrace the Hawke-Keating economic approach, which underpinned their sustained political success over more than a decade. Well, that's the period the bosses want Labor to go back to as mm. well. And mm. it's the period when the unions were destroyed sure. by Hawke-Keating, of course. Yep. Yep. Labor in more recent years explicitly committed itself to the flawed socialist pursuit of equality of outcomes, falsely asserting that Australia has a major and growing inequality problem. Oh. Um, well, he it. says that he Kevin Rudd won because he convinced the population. He really won because he convinced Rupert Murdoch, right? Wasn't that what uh. happened? He went and shook hands with the big guy and he said, I like him. Well, and next thing more. he won the election. <laughs> Pretty much so. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Murdoch's influence is waning, and you know, fortunately. I, I wish. Mean, well, well, the last two state elections, he's, he's come out you know, mm. absolutely fiercely against the but Andrews that's lot. At a state yeah. level, yeah. yeah. At the state level, he, he's that's not having Victoria. an influence. You know, don't so. forget, Victoria's a little bit the unusual. odd man out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah okay. He was so lefty down here, you know. That's right. Okay. Corman well, wouldn't even visit Victoria. But it's true, sure, it's yeah. true, Kevin. People get their information from a lot of different sources these days but yeah. i still think at the at the federal election they really went they had a really insidious kind of campaign against yeah, labor well, in that one like just hope, yeah. exactly like mm. it's not like uh explicitly we hate this guy which you could just critique if you wanted to mm. or take on your own terms it was it's always just like silly shorten being a fool but you know, you know mm. the um, the figures show that the inequality is rising I'm sorry, yeah. Marti- Matthias. Matthias. Yeah. Hang on, hang show. on. I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> no, no. Kevin's just checking what Matthias said. Yes, false assertion, John. Oh, false right. assertion. Right. Yes, right. just read okay. it. Right. That's what. That's what. Okay. okay. That's what idiot okay. said. I'm sorry, the wonderful man said. Yeah. Um, now here's a bit of. Snu- <laughs> well, if it hasn't in the past, now the uh, now the tax, the new tax regime's in place. Of course, it is going to. Go that way because we, yeah. the rich are going to be paying less tax. And the new head of, um, we mentioned him last year, a bloke called Gaitchens. Um, oh, yeah. Um, who was... Um, new head of Treasury. Ex, yeah, a new head. Of, well, he was a new made head of Treasury last year. Oh. Um, plucked back from the private sector, but he had, of course, worked on the staff of Morrison and all these people. Mm. He was lib- liberal apparatchik advisor, uh, dr- plucked out to run Treasury. Yep. But in the he last Monday he started his new job. He's now the top public servant in the country. He's taken over prime minister and and cabinet. Yeah. Yep. So, he, but he, but last week in an interview about that, he said the the tax the tax cuts so far haven't gone far enough. 
and we're going to have to rely on coal for many years. So we can look for some pretty fearless advice coming out of that. It's Scott Morrison. Coal all the way. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to that. Yeah, so he's going to be a real boon, that bloke. This is, this is again, speaking of people like Matthias who were so clever, this is really clever. Like last month, we know 22 people were shot in El Paso, Texas, at that Walmart place. And last weekend, there were more shootings in Texas. Um, That's right. And there was another mass shooting which killed seven people last weekend. Well, guess what came into effect just hours after the... I do know this one. Ah, you do. Good. Yeah, they relaxed their gun carry laws. That's right. Mm. That's right. What, in, in Texas? In Texas, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. So that, the idea being that people can shoot Anyone. other people, yeah. so but they yeah. can defend so themselves it, against They've made shooters. it open, open carry, is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. New laws expanding gun ownership in Texas came into effect yesterday, just hours after a mass shooting, etc. It makes it easier for Texans to have guns in public places, including schools, places of worship and foster homes. Well, that's going to make them safer, isn't it? Um, anyway, that's that. But uh, oh no, it's, um, there it goes. Then Walmart's come out and said that they don't want people carrying guns in their stores. No, no. Oh. So yeah. apparently, Walmart Walmart can say that. No, that yeah, that's that's um, um, reasonable. But uh, if the state government, you know, the state, the yeah. state this is of the Texas power of the NRA to, in America. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm trying to make this. a more subtle point that yeah. the Walmart is um, seems to have the ability to uh, go against the um, the new law in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, but um, of course, if, if anybody in politics tried to go against the new the new law, it'd be quite a different. Pretty unpopular. Right. I, I imagine Walmart security guards can carry guns. Yeah, in yeah. I think Walmart's decided they're not going to sell semi-machine guns. You know those oh, semi semi-automatic things. Oh, isn't that good? You're only going to sell, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> well, rifle, rifles and, <laughs> and um, handguns. It might be to prevent people use, using them between the counter and the front door, mm. um, which is a bit of a chance. Mm. It's interesting, actually, just as a, as a side to this, a um, long time ago now, so it might have changed, but when I was in um, at the uh, Guggenheim Museum in, in Venice many years yes, ago. Yes, been there. Uh, yes, been there. yes, lovely place. But anyway, that... That yeah. that uh, I was interested because all over Italy there were guards at every place, mm-hmm. but the only one where the guards actually had carried guns mm-hmm. was the American Guggenheim. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the rest mm-hmm. didn't. It was just mm-hmm. like, that was just interesting. Uh, sadly, yeah. th- these days, even in Italy, everybody's got yeah, guns. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You know, that, that time was just the yeah. American based oh, yes. Oh, yes. or whatever. Oh, um, yeah. Situation. So that's that. But uh, 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 Shannon Watts, the founder of Mums Demand Action, said the laws would not make the state's people safer. Well, that's pretty, mm. pretty um, mm, observant. <laughs> if more guns and fewer gun laws make us safer, we'd be the safest country in the world. Mm. And Texas would be the safest state in the mm. country. She so said. That's a very good. That's mm-hmm. a nice crude point to mm. make, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's sort of the sort of point that might. I might get some traction in Texas. Yeah. Yeah, with Donald Trump, you're joking. No, not <laughs> Wait till after him, then it might get some traction. Mm. Mm. Um, and this is another one where there's another smart little bit of thinking. RMIT's done a study, a life cycle of 10 fresh produce items, including tomatoes, bananas, cos lettuce and berries, with and without packaging, without plastic packaging. Mm-hmm. And their assumption is that plastic packaging on fresh produce is less damaging to the environment than the food waste caused without it. 
my gosh. Um, oh but my they, gosh. Were, they were commissioned by the Australian Fresh Produce Alliance, which might say something. But yeah. um, oh. it increased um, package the the, the 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 produce increased product protection and shelf life, leading to less food waste. Food waste in landfill has an environmental impact until it decomposes. Well, what happens to the plastic? But anyway, but yeah, well, that doesn't the, decompose. But so. it's the it's the input of energy, labour, chemicals, water, and nutrients that go to production to that produce. Well, that's fair enough. But that doesn't nothing to do with putting plastic over the top oh of it when it comes gosh. out. But anyway, the environmental impact of emissions on wasted food is greater than the environmental impact of the packaging. Stop wasting uh, food. And then the <laughs> world stop throwing the it World away. Wildlife Fund had a bit of a say about it. But um, I, the, the interesting thing here is that. I go to Vic Market almost every Saturday morning and I get tomatoes and bananas and lettuce and berries and things. Now, the berries, most of the berries do are in bloody things with plastic over It's them. very but hard to find berries yeah. without plastic. But, really? but, yeah. but the others, they're there, they're fresh. That's yep, one of the yep. great things about Vic Market. You pick them yeah. off the yeah. store. Yeah, yeah. Why can't you just have mm. things fresh and if, they, you know, mm. if they're going to go rotten, well, maybe you don't get as many to sell or something, whatever. But I'm sure uh, there's ways that they can do it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But we have this industrial food system mm, and mm. Um, corporations that are making maximum profit from all of every, – every way they can through this system, including, you know, farmers often don't have a living wage. So if you can buy from your local producer – yeah. I think let's all do that. Yeah. Let's stop this whole as if it's a binary between food waste, this food waste system, like mm. the supermarket system, and plastic. Like we're like, well, we mm. failed to have a good food system, so now we should just have plastic. That's very yeah, well, what, yeah. what sort of like plastic. Yeah. yeah, it's not asking the right question, really, is it? Well, as I said, which bit of energy, labour, chemicals, water, and nutrients requires plastic to cover the end product? Mm. Yeah. Mm. <coughs> Capitalism. That, 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 that's used as part of their argument for plastic, yeah. in, in that yeah. well, it seems to be. Yeah. It sounds like RMIT's been um, pulled into the into the web there. Well, I suppose it's who commissions it as well makes mm. a bit of a difference, I would have thought. Yeah. Speaking of commissioning things, arising, of course, out of the, um, the so-called plebiscite on same-sex marriage, um, we had this um, religion bill come in last week, or it's, it hasn't come in yet, but it's up for discussion. Mm. And it's and the, the usual suspects feel it hasn't quite gone far enough. <laughs> um, yeah, that's I've right. I frankly tried uh, to read a few articles discussing that bill, and I just yeah. ended up completely cross-eyed. And I know. makes you fall asleep. Yeah. It, it's, Apparently, yeah, uh, I can't. I mean, I, yeah, I struggle I to see that religion really needs any extra help no. <laughs> do you know what's no. the best summary of it is um uh the guy the person who does the cartoons in the garden oh yeah have you seen yeah. that first dog on the moon yeah, yeah. first dog on the moon has the he, most he, concise yeah. analysis there's a bit where he's like um he, um, he's, and, a, he's a writer mostly yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. he's like all, all of these uh things uh yeah. protect us white male christians uh-huh. and then in brackets and other religions that we couldn't find a way to leave out yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's their problem. That would be their yes, problem, exactly. actually. Because um, it, um, it, it, this article here points out that it um, and George Pell, you know, it, it doesn't. <laughs> they, that's their problem, of course. It doesn't just cover Christianity. They've got to 
So the, the, yeah. as the bill does not define the concept of religious belief, many yeah. it encapsulates all mainstream religions yeah. as well as smaller and emerging faiths. <laughs> that must upset a fair few of them as well. well. Um, yeah. But, um, it, you know, I mean, what they want to be able to do, of course, is say you can't discriminate against us, but mm. we can discriminate against you. We can, yeah. say, we can um, say vile things about yeah, everybody else. Yeah, that's yeah. right. In fact, yeah. in fact on, on, on the my satire yesterday, which didn't actually get to air, but nevertheless, oh. um, oh, I had Erica Betts saying, you know, it's a, these are God-given rights and uh, only those who believe in God can have rights, uh, therefore, and that sort of thing. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good one. So, um, wow. yeah, but, but anyway, that's, yeah. that's it. But they're, uh, they want more and more, of course. And uh, the, But that lot also, it's interesting, uh, there's a couple of, I'm going to find this hard to believe, but I, and you might be able to help me out here because I sense there's, I feel there's hypocrisy occurring, but I'm sure it isn't because of the people involved like yeah. Peter Dutton. Yeah. Um, well, Andrew Bolt would thoroughly agree with you. On yes, that that's right. That's yeah. right. Well, there's two things happening where I think there's a touch of hypocrisy. Um, one is that recently, and I'm not sure he got away with it or not, but remember we raised the point that Dutton wanted to deport two Indigenous Australians mm-hmm who both came here as very young babies, one born in New Guinea, PNG, and yeah. one born in New Zealand of, yeah. of, of an Indigenous parent, um, but they committed crimes. He wanted to send them back to the place they were born mm. um, because that's where they should be. Now, I'm not sure he got away with that or not. I haven't heard anything mm. since that was raised. But, but at the moment, we have a family with two children born in Australia yeah who are Australian citizens, whom he wants to send back to a place where they weren't born, and mm. he says they've got to go back to a place where they weren't born. So this is the Sri how do those two match up? Mm. Mm. If you're born here, you've got to be sent away, but if yeah. you're born over there and lived here all your life, you've got to yeah. go back to where you were born and go, yeah. as a two-year-old or a oh, two-week-old. Well, I mean, you know, we want to send their parents back there for your collateral damage. That's what it amounts right, to. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, I just have a bit of trouble with it. That's no, all. Collateral damage, Kevin. I yeah. mean, yeah. But Dutton, Dutton is, you know, Dutton, when he feels like it, gives the au pair girls, you know, yeah. some extra that's staying right. time because that's been yeah. compassionate. But apparently... Being compassionate to this this family who who proves that they've integrated into a community yeah. in Billawila in Queensland who desperately wants them back, mm. that's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. It's a bit like making rules up on the fly, isn't it? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, when you, you when you look at that man, he really is the most powerful man in in the cabinet, I think. And, yeah. And none of the no, and, he, and the crap he comes out with sometimes, I think, is worse than Barnaby Joyce. Well, in fact, Barnaby Joyce has been okay it's, on this subject. It's touch and go, though. Yeah, <laughs> touch and go. Yeah. <laughs> Even money bet that one. The, uh, the, I, actually, some weeks ago, only two or three weeks ago, remember there was a whatever they call the Five Eyes or something, oh, yeah, and it's right. US and England yeah. and Australia and yeah. probably, I don't know who else, New well, Zealand. So, but it's called yeah. a conference on intelligence, and the Australian representative was Peter Dutton. I mean, mm. how embarrassing! Intelligence. <laughs> Imagine what they'd think when they saw that skull walk in the door. Uh, but the other, the other one where I Don't think there's worry, a, his sort of people. <laughs> well, the other slight touch of hypocrisy. Background briefing on the ABC last Sunday was that's about so good. was about vaping and e-cigarettes. Yes. 
and um, you had the usual suspect coming out and call themselves libertarians, uh-huh. those people in government, yes. saying people have a right to do with their body what they want. If people want to take these things... and yep. cause Especially a, if we can tax things. That's right. Yeah. And it's a massive campaign by the tobacco industry, of course, to, of course. to move into this. And But the tobacco industry says it wants to get in there so it can stop people smoking. Yes. It's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> but anyway... Oh, yeah, the same reason um, they made all those nicotine yeah, that's gums right, that's and right. nicotine patches. Well, they, yeah. they, want to, um, they want to get nicotine into these things. Things. There's but the, the libertarian you can have nicotine. Yeah. yeah. But the libertarians say um, that um, people people own their own body, they have a right to do what they want. Now not not all those libertarians believe this, but many of those same people would oppose women's right to abortion. Mm. Well, some people are both conservative and libertarian, depending on what day of the week it is. That's right. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So, so apparently, those men, mainly men, can tell women what they can do, what they can and can't do with their bodies. But another situation. When the tobacco industry is involved, mm-hmm. uh, people have a right to, to mm-hmm. do what they like with their body. Mm-hmm. Now, there's another one I have a bit of trouble with. John, can anyone explain that one to me? <laughs> I wouldn't even try. Meg, you can Well, you it's almost like there's some kind of financial aspect. I don't know. I'm just sort of like right. thinking, you know, just if you make, yeah, I'm just speculating. <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you're making money from people's bodily freedoms, then that's fine. Yeah. Well, that's a good point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that right. makes any, nearly anything all right. Yeah, exactly. I think I've pretty much explained everything. I think you have. <laughs> well, it should make abortion. Any other questions? Okay, you can. No. <laughs> no, but you did say before we went on air you didn't want to ask any questions I today because you were feeling tired. I know, but before you gave John a quiz and he answered really well and I felt kind of like left out. Oh, so yeah. I. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all, it's oh. all com- competition here, folks. Yeah. Right, oh. you want something, something to make. What's your name? <laughs> Megan. Oh, right. good. See, this there you are. You got, got you got one right. Riveting radio here. But anyway, speaking of speaking of Megan, etc. Speaking the, of Megan, it's only the, time to talk public trade. It, it, is, it is, John. I'm, I'm, I'm not twenty-seven past yet. The the um the uh, on the Brecky show earlier this morning, they interviewed um, a bloke from the um the uh, Green, was it not the Bob Brown Foundation? I think it's called. Oh, right. Uh, about oh. the Tarquin, and, um, yeah, it, and great. They, it sounds quite dangerous that they're about to, you know, oh, there's yeah. things going on. Anything. The Bob Brown Foundation are awesome, and um, people who've been involved in campaigns for years in Tasmania, including like down in the Huon, like the uh, south of, of Hobart. Yep. And the Tarquin's just a part of Tassie that's been. Tarquin, I said Tarquin, didn't I? Yeah. That was well. a racehorse, actually. That's the good one. <laughs> Tarquin. Is that what they were talking about? Yeah, um, the Tarkines in the northwest. Northwest. Yeah. I'm just. I know where it is, but I'm just not very good mm. always with the north yeah. and south and no, whatever. No, you're, but you're dead right there. Yeah, and I mean it's an area with incredible cultural history for of Aboriginal um, societies of of that space and um, a lot of a lot of artifacts from historical occupation, you know, by Aboriginal people, and um, it's also just a stunning part of Tasmania. So. The risk is to mining and also to tourism because there's people who have recreational, who want recreational mm. access to that area, and um, <clears throat> and that can damage um, Aboriginal uh, cultural artifacts and also damage the environment. But the the other risk is mining and just this kind of aggressive mining mentality that that successive governments in Tasmania have mm. had. So 
Yeah, I suppose yeah. people would have heard all about it if they were talking to Is Bob Barker. Is there timber? Are they, they want to not take timber really out? timber no, not so, so much. much. Okay. I, not as far as I know. Okay. It's more about like resources yeah. in terms of okay. mining. I think they do get some. They copper might. or something out of it, out of that area? I think so, yeah. Copper. There's quite a few copper mines. Or is it mine. iron ore? I think it might even be this iron ore. Too. I think there's well, both. A small flow of iron ore. You're asking me a question I can't answer. But there is, there, is, there, is a camp, <laughs> there is a camp out there that people can go to and, uh, and yeah, yeah. show yeah. solidarity. It's been a long running thing. Yeah. 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 We ask that, but like people, well, some listeners might know Megan comes from Tasmania. That's why we asked that question. That's and right. Yeah. And it was a good one. Yeah, Bob's yeah. Um, Bob's been in a bit of having a bit of fun lately because he's been complaining about the possibility of wind turbines off offshore island, off that oh. off that north northwest coast of Tasmania. Yeah, and of course it's a brilliant wind resource down there anywhere in Tasmania, pretty much. Mm. In the roaring yeah, 40s. yeah, absolutely. And so Bob's Bob's been saying, well, do we want to really destroy this whole beautiful island with wind turbines right. as he sees it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But of course you can imagine what the conservatives. Are doing oh, they love that. it. Mm. Oh, well, he doesn't mind wind turbines uh, everywhere else, but yeah, every, if, when it gets close to where he lives, he doesn't like it. No oh, one, who, yeah, no one who's not conservative hypocrisy. is not is not allowed to yeah. have any kind of complex no. ideas or feelings. Well, like you have to be well, completely black and white. About whole, everything that's the whole else, issue, yeah. yeah. But you see, that's well, he's, brown he's, and white in this case. He's saying, <laughs> well. he's saying, you've got to protect this this rather special island, and yeah. people are saying, well, I want to protect the special view from my mansion in the Victorian countryside. Yeah, you know, what's the difference? Mm. <laughs> Bob Brown's here for the Melbourne Writers Festival too. Oh, okay. Do you guys oh. know that? No, and no, so is Richard Flanagan. So there's a oh, real okay. Tasmanian theme. Ah, yeah, yes. yeah. Oh well, it's quite a few things. Richard's fantastic too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Okay, we'll take a break and come yeah. back. Oh, it's well past your time now, John. Well it's done. We've I've dragged it out. We've dragged it out. Oh, right. yeah, right. <laughs> I've been talking about Bob. <laughs> okay. I take it when I can get it now. <laughs> <laughs>
running late again. Peak hour passing and moan and complain. Platform is heaving, people are squeezing. Everybody moving, but nobody's leaving. Riding the John's going to jump on the train. That was Archie Roach, was it? Um, no, no, that was um, Diana. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I, called it, I didn't hear Archie Roach in there. That you was, didn't no, it. didn't. <laughs> that was Diana Wolf. Ah. The song's called Train Track. But I just was, I'm searching through all of the songs that were automatically loaded and just finding things about trains. And right. I just got really excited because I found an Archie Roach one I'll play at the end of the show. Ah, oh, right. Because yeah. you just mentioned Archie Roach. That didn't sound like Archie Roach <laughs> to me. But <laughs> well, <laughs> he's, he's changed. That's right. A bit confusing. Look, we did... Open up, John, talking yeah. about the situation at Ararat and the yep. Um, yep. Jabberung people. Um, just just looking at the, the levels of damage, um, mm. now they, they claim they're saving some, etc., but um, 3,000 mature old trees will be chopped down once the three-stage project is complete, with nearly 1,000 old-growth trees set to be removed under the current duplication mm. works. Mm. The current upgrade would remove 881 large old-growth trees, much more than the 470 estimated by the government in 2012. The 24-kilometre highway between duplication between Ararat and Stall, is, that's the next stage, is set to destroy another 881 large mature trees, including 800 marked by the government as having, quote, high conservation significance. Um, yeah. And it goes on. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's just it, even without the Indigenous yeah. overlay, yeah. Yeah. it's quite destructive, yeah. isn't yeah. it? Quite yeah. incredible. Well, yeah. there, there seems to be another option, which is follow the present route of the highway and, and just put another two-lane road down mm. alongside the present yeah. road. Yeah. I don't understand why they're not doing that. No, and, and no nobody does, really. Oh. Um, it, it apparently would avoid more native... Um, trees being native, you know, important trees to the local people mm. being cut down. Uh, it would cost mm. less. Mm. I think it's even slightly shorter, than, mm. you know, by half a kilometre or something. But I suppose then you have to take down the vegetation on either side or one side of the current oh, yeah. road. Right? Oh, yeah. I'm, 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 taking all that, I'm taking yeah. all that into account when I say that it's still going to be caked down less trees. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I don't understand how if you have like a two-lane no. road and then you expand it to four lanes, mm. that's worse than if you build another four-lane four lane road right. somewhere else. Then exactly, you've got six yeah. lanes of road. Yeah, yeah. well, that's right. Yeah. And that, look, uh, all I can put it down to is that Vic Roads has got enough money to build the new four-lane road, they'll be able to build that on a perhaps a slightly better alignment with slightly gentler curves okay. so the road can be designed for higher speeds. Yeah. And that, from their point of view, is always a good a priority. thing. priority. And they will argue perhaps, I'm not sure that they do, that the new road will be slightly less prone to accidents than widening the old road. But the difference would be tiny. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's it's just a lot of it is we're engineers and we like building bloody new things and mm. you know we've got the money to do it and we're bloody well going to do it. I don't think it's any more um, um, what's the word subtle than that. Mm. And there are some other high high um, respected engineers in the area who have come out and said there's nothing wrong with widening mm. the current road mm. alignment. There's mm. really mm. nothing wrong with that. So. I what I, I I'm always amazed is how completely under the thumb of their um, 
engineers, the um, you know the ministers for roads and things seem to be you know they just always seem to be every single minister because yeah. they don't really know anything about it themselves. Well, I'm just spe- I don't know. Well, what the they idea do or is not, that they're, they're supposed to have in, you know advisors industry, who do know yeah. things about their own advisors and, and you know not not the road engineers. Um, yeah, you know that would be that's how I'd see it. Mm. And so the Aboriginal people know that there'll be there'll be special trees and things lost even keeping the old mm. right away. But I don't know. I think they might have just got to the point where they'll ex- they'll they'll accept that, um, mm. but they can't cannot and quite rightly see why. Mm. Um, and that, there are farmers too. There are farmers who are saying, "Look, the new alignment will will completely cut my property in mm. two. Mm. We've all we've all got used to the current mm. alignment. It's been there for eighty years or something. Mm. So, so it's all part of the landscape. So again, uh, similar things happened um, when they were building the. Um, uh, building the uh, motorway towards Bendigo around the Castlemaine area. Right. There were huge amounts of argy-bargy went on there yep. um, about um, the locals couldn't see why the road had to take a different alignment. And, what and it did in the end? In parts it did in the end, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and there was a very good article in the in the Sunday Age last Sunday week. Right. I, I presume it's a woman called Timna Jacks. Um, and talks about the fact that the 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 birthing trees they're the grandmother tree, but uh-huh. there's always the appropriate grandfather tree as well. But the grandfather trees are going to come down. Yeah. Mm. So yeah. it can, you know, in terms of cultural significance, that's critically important. Mm. Um, but there's a lovely description here of one of the trees. Uh, there is a remaining directions tree near the highway east of the Langigaran State Park. The towering yellow box is surrounded by a plantation of young bluegums, a recognition by a farmer not to touch the tree. Its trunk shoots straight up like a lamppost and, is, and a distinct serpent-like swirl wraps across it, a pattern carved out by the Jabberung when the tree was still young. Thick branches shoot out purposely from all sides as if pointing in different directions. Dark sleeves of bark softly flake away, exposing a cream-coloured centre. It looks like marble, but soon this magnificent thing will too be gone. Mm. Um, you know, it's, just, really it's, sad. it's just destructive. Yeah. 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 yeah, well, you know, the, the volumes of traffic that far away from Melbourne aren't, you mm. know, I say it, all that high. But of course, a lot of it's big trucks heading to heading right. to Adelaide and yeah. beyond, and they the big trucks have a higher accident rate than than the cars, mm. and they're involved in more fatality accidents too. It's really mm. it's really mm. quite clear now that, that yeah, it seems that like that's a, sort of a fact that isn't isn't talked about very much no. is how mm. how it's much built. they're involved in in accidents and fatalities. Yeah, but you know the, the the roads are really built for the trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet the trucks don't pay anything like enough mm. in the way of taxes to infrastructure to in, yeah. for the road building. The private motorists pay for the roads for the trucks is what happens, mm. and then the trucks proceed to you know be mm. involved in accidents that kill mm. mostly people in the smaller vehicles, mm. with, which are cars. And then then everybody wonders why. Well, why isn't there more freight on the railways? Well, for the railways, the the users of the railways, the freight carriers, have to pay much higher charges mm. for running their trains on the uh, on the rail system than the uh, yeah. truck trucks pay per ton kilometre on the road. And as you say, it increases the cost of the road because you've got to build it to the yeah, level where the trucks, high standard, those high, yeah, yeah, those yeah. heavy mm. trucks can that's use right, it. Yeah. That's right. So, so no, no politician, I don't know, they make um, noises about um, evening up the competition between road and rail, but. 
but they're when you see what they do, it's um, it's they uh, improve the roads and ignore the rail. Well, and obviously every state is different, but I remember in su- in southern Tasmania mm-hmm. they actually took out a mm-hmm. functioning rail mm-hmm. freight system yep. and replaced it with roads. Mm. And um, mm. made a kind of a transport hub That's right. at a location a bit uh, further north out of, of Hobart. Further out of yeah. Hobart, yeah. yeah. In fact, though, by some miracle, quite a few containers and things do still get hauled from yeah. Hobart north to Devonport and things for the for, yeah. for transporting across across Bay Strait. A lot of money's gone into the Tasmanian rail, railways, which I mean, it makes sense yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think mm. I think it's still done. Because they look at the narrow roads in Tasmania and th- yeah. think, oh, my God, we can't subject uh-huh. them to trucks. But mm. um, apparently the amount of freight between Sydney and Melbourne now going by rail is down to some pathetic level, like 7% is going wow. by rail mm. and the rest is going by road. Now, that over a distance mm. of 600 miles is insanely low. And that's because they're charging mm. more mm-hmm. to freight companies to yep. transfer freight on rail. That's right. But uh, is the amount charged for transporting freight on road, is that subsidised? Is that why it's cheaper or is it just cheaper? It's subsidised, yeah. Okay. They know perfectly well the, the trucks aren't being charged enough. Yeah, right. And and, yep. and the actual capital cost, of course, all comes out of the... Um, the, the shared the infrastructure. Bu- yeah, the government budgets. Whereas tr- freight mm-hmm. trains are not shared rail, shared no. lines. Well, there are passenger trains, but they also pay yeah. quite a large what's called a user fee. Yeah. Uh, yeah, mm. so the difference is quite marked. Yeah. There was one of the great campaigns by the late Tom Tyra, who was a yeah. great activist, if you mm. recall, about that, that the, mm. the freight industry has to start paying its mm. real costs. Mm. And he had some yeah. percentage of what they... They, the amount they pay is some very yeah, small percentage yeah, of their yeah, actual cost yeah. to the community. One yeah. of the um, one of the bosses of one of the big rail freight corporations has got more. He's got quite um, um, angry in the last few months. Has been saying a lot, but um, you see the. I think governments look at the small uh, truck drivers and see them as um, um, voters. Uh, but they don't see the large freight companies as voters, you know, the ones yeah. who use rail. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and of course, the um, the trucks sort of service uh, rural, rural mm. industry as well. Mm. Industries, yeah, mm. yeah. But on the other hand, the inland line, you know, the inland freight line, lo- does look like it's going to be built from Melbourne, oh, really? Melbourne through to Brisbane. Mm. By, A separate line. Yeah. Well, it's oh. been yeah. A lot of it's re. Um, repurposing existing lines, but it will be a line that'll that'll bypass Sydney entirely and go west go through western New South Wales to Brisbane. Really? Yep, yep. Oh. But that's that's something that the National Party's been pushing for a Purely long time. Purely for freight. Yeah. 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 Where would it go through? It'll go up it'll go up through the Riverina. It'll go to go as far as um Kutamundra on the oh. present line, which is the line to Sydney, up through Juni, okay. and then it'll deviate west to go through places like Dubbo, and up through the northwest of New South Wales, up through Moree, okay. and then into south, southern Queensland, and come in through Toowoomba. Into Brisbane. Into Brisbane, yeah. And it's yeah. going to be like, what will it be freighting? Like, is it going to mining towns? Ah, uh, yeah, they're confident there'll be enough enough yeah, freight. Right. It'll it'll mean that. The ports in Melbourne and Brisbane will become more attractive for for uh, freight from Western New South Wales rather than mm. rather than going over the Blue Mountains into Sydney. Oh. But they seem confident there'll be enough freight to make it worthwhile. 
and mm. it'll it'll be very economical. It'll be very big trains, very long trains, and, mm. and um, cheap to run, and all that sort of mm. thing. But you can guarantee that the the user charges won't be cheap to use that. Well, that's the argument, and it'll be paralleled by the Newell Highway, which will mm. be, f- be pretty mm. much free. But, but if mm. if in fact the charges are going to be high again, then yeah. Then how you know they they're banking on making a profit out of it, obviously. But maybe people, if people don't use it, how are they going to make a profit? Well, that's they, right. That's right. So they've got to, it, got to adjust their prices yeah, somehow. Yeah, is yeah. it a private? No, rebuilt? no, it's been it's built by the Australian rail. rail Track Corporation, which runs most of the main rail rail network. It's a federal organisation. That's yeah, a federal organisation. National organisation. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they own most of the main lines in Australia now, and um, they they make their money out of the coal hauling routes. Uh, they they own all the coal hauling lines in the Hunter Valley of New South Wales, for instance, mm. and that's very you know that's hauling huge amounts of freight, and I think they can they do make money out of that. But the yeah. trains, I mean, that's the line itself. But the trains themselves are going to be private, aren't they? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, effectively it's private in a sense. So well, it's we, private. We pay private. for the line, but they use it. Yeah, yeah. Mm, but the it. idea is that the, yeah. the ARTC should make a profit each year. From the private yeah. companies paying yeah. their yeah. charges. Mm-hmm. That's always the argument against trains, in mm. whether passenger or commercial mm. trains, mm. is that the, the initial outlay mm. cost mm. is huge yeah. compared but, to the outlay of But we don't see the same. We don't say the same things about roads, you see. Is it the same? Mm. Is it is it a lot more? Because that's a, always well, the building argument. Well, building a freeway. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Building. I mean, a, it's building a freeway <coughs> per kilometre. If you start from scratch, will cost you quite a lot, far more than building a um, a good quality mm. rail line. Yeah. Yeah. It's the terminology they use. They always say roads are an investment, mm. and, and trains pub- are, and trains are yeah. a cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know, they just it's a constant terminology, yeah, that's and right. um, mm. you know, in fact, of course. Public transport mm. saves because it also saves mm. in other areas like mm. pollution, health, accidents. Mm. But of course, with the things, um, freeway system, it, until they're carrying an awful lot of trucks, which probably you could say the Hume freeway does carry now, mm. you, you, the, the private motorists, the, you know, the politicians see it as the private motorists getting the benefit. Mm. Of our be- be- beautiful mm. freeways mm. that are yeah. sort of built for like trucks, a, yeah, yeah. yeah. But in fact, the private motorist doesn't realise that they're paying an awful lot of the cost of building it for the trucks. You yeah. know, it's actually the other way around. Yeah, but nobody's going to yeah. nobody's going to say that. Mm. But driving on the Hume Freeway at night these days in a private car would be a very nasty experience. Yeah, because you're just swamped with huge amounts of trucks. Mm. Yeah. I think I saw some figure of something like 700 trucks a night Wow! do the whole trip from Sydney to Melbourne. Gosh. Mm. And that's apart from all Driving the other all trucks that go yeah. shorter distances as well, Yeah, which is probably yeah. as many again. Yeah. And mm. many of the drivers, of course, having driven for hours and mm-hmm. you know, they break the law all mm-hmm. the time and, yeah. and they're forced yeah. to by the bosses, that's yeah. the point. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. you want to talk? Um, well, you North, guys got ten minutes. Northeast Link, <laughs> <laughs> Northeast Link. I mean, that's um, there's also been a proposal put forward by the Burundara Council with a commission commissioned a study yeah. um, to to be make it less damaging yes. at least. Yes. But it says under the council's plan, the impact on the area's Bulleen Park Oval, three hectares of the Coonung Creek Reserve, right. the Burundara Tennis Centre, and two hectares of public golf would be avoided or reduced. But of course the Coonung Creek Reserve. I mean, they're, they're talking about taking more trees, and yeah. we know it's going to 
it's going to go from um, current, it's going to double the number of lanes on the Eastern yeah. Freeway, so yeah. there's no more room for any railway that might ever be happening, uh, not that it'll uh, ever happen anyway, uh, but uh, uh, they always leave the reserve well, there and talk about it. Well, f- but, well, f- well, frankly, that isn't one of the highest highest priorities for rail, I would have, wouldn't have thought, that corridor. Well, it would, if it happened in the first place, it would have changed the mm. whole pattern yes, of transport yes, out of yes. that area. Yes, but, but those uh, nice middle-class people would, was decided that they'd rather be in cars anyhow. So, yeah, fair enough. So Thank we you. won't, um, we won't, we won't push the issue. But, but it's, it's again, it's, it's like that last one we read out about Ararat. The, yeah. In all, twenty-six thousand trees would be felled to make way for the toll road. Twenty-six thousand oh, yeah, trees. They'll plant new ones. <laughs> well, come to that, they'll John. They'll pay a company to plant them somewhere else. Thousands yeah. of the trees are decades old mature trees. They will be replaced by 30,000 new trees the government has pledged. Mm-hmm. That's because Vic Roads, Vic Roads, in fact, boasts that it's the second yes. biggest tree planter in the state. It doesn't yeah. mention it's the biggest tree destroyer at the same time. Um, no, they're very, that's they're some very creative good accounting there. Well, they, Vic Roads takes, takes a lot for them to learn something, but they have learned that they've got to make all these noises about trees. Yes. Yeah, it's a classic yeah. move. Yeah, classic move. Yeah, yeah well, um, it's not... Uh, yeah, well... It's. Uh, I don't know the details of the alternative proposal, but I'm cynical enough to think that perhaps the um, the land usage will be transferred from one municipality to another under the plan from Burundara. They wouldn't lose as much land there, but they somebody yeah, else. Someone might else lose got it. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's the but old I'm, trick. Isn't I'm it? just a cynic there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very cynical. Well, John. the um, the government's also been talking more about um, airport rail and the orbital suburban rail line, you yeah. know, the thing they want to build. and um, The thing that got them elected. Yeah. Uh, I heard um, I heard um, the Premier being questioned um, carefully this morning on on radio and uh, trying, to, trying to get some idea of what they really plan to do with the airport rail link. Um, now, of yeah. course, the vociferous people, who a lot of which are corporates... They want a really fast train from the city. They don't want, don't want mm. it to stop anywhere. And, it, oh, and they, it should be really fast, like 20 mm. minutes. Mm. And I don't care how much it costs because, of course, when they're travelling, their company pays for their, for their travel. But there are a lot more people other than corporates go to the airport. There's all the ordinary travellers and there are all the people who work there both for the airport mm. itself and for the airlines and various other businesses. So are they saying there's two different things, like one really fast one from the city and then the orbital one, which is like no, from well, sort of footscray? Well, you're, jumping, and... you're jumping ahead there, Meg. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I, my arg- <laughs> sorry. My argument is that that um, the corporate shouldn't be the only people taken into consideration because once you start to build a very fast direct line, the cost of the whole thing will go up and up and up because it will require a lot of tunnelling. And then you, then you say, well, it might be $5 billion, it might be $10 billion. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I thought the orbital link was uh, sort of went around the west sort of from Footscray and then there's also up mm. the top at like, mm. uh, what's the top of that line? Yeah, well, that's what, I'm, that's what so I'm getting. That's, that's what, not that's at what all I'm, a fast, that doesn't even go I'm, to the city. That's what I'm leading up to, yeah. uh, leading up to <laughs> if I may. Um, the, uh, my, my view is that, that if you're only going to build one line to the airport, and I mean one rail line, perhaps it should be the line that will suit the, the general public not the line that will suit the corporates. Mm. Okay? Mm. Because the corporates corporates can still always hop in a taxi or a hire car and get there fairly fast. 
Yeah. It, if they don't care what they pay, if they mm. don't care if they pay 50 bucks for a one-way trip. And it should, but, it should be available on a Mikey ticket to go yes, to the airport. Well, that, that again is my point. Yeah. And, and so if you're going to do that, the thing that you would build fast first would be the line via Broadmeadows to the airport because that can be built quite cheaply across from Broadmeadows to the airport. You can build that section for about $1 billion. Yeah, and it's pretty close already. Yeah, yeah. seven kilometres it would yeah. be. Yeah. And it would be about $1 billion to build it. But that line would possibly take 35 minutes for, for oh. a train from the, airport, from the city to the, right. to the airport. But if it was going... If it was going reliably every 10 minutes and you were paying a Met fare, mm-hmm. my argument is there's a, a lot of people would be more than happy with that. And that line could also become part of the normal Met system. Buses could feed into an intermediate station somewhere between Broadmeadows and the airport as well. Uh, all, all of that ordinary Met system would be enhanced in that region. Mm-hmm. And all that area's got now is a few buses. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah. So I argue, and that would then in time become part of the orbital line as well. Yeah. You'd also have orbital trains running on that line as well as the airport trains going north to Broadmeadows and then turning west on a new line to the airport. Then later, if you want to do a London-like high-speed link to the airport, the Heathrow Express, sure, build it later and design that for the, for the corporates. But let's, like London, have a lower speed, cheaper alternative as well. And that should be the first thing that's built, not the second. The corporates can do all right with the present system, would be my argument. Mm-hmm. Mm. But what's going to happen is we're going to get the corporate thing. So that's what Daniel Andrews was sa- you heard no, him I say didn't, today? No, no, oh. But that's what I think will ha- think will mm. think will happen. That the um, there will have to be for. Um, Fast rail to Geelong, Ballarat and Bendigo, there'll have to be a new route, new route built out to Sunshine, which will have to be mostly underground to get the trains from Sunshine to the city as fast as possible, which will be the only way to get really high-speed journeys to those three cities, and that that line will also be used for a corporate express to the airport. And that will be, that will be where the focus goes, and that will be, in my view, quite wrong for most people in Melbourne getting to the airport. Mm. I mean, on the cost of airport trains, I don't know. I mean, definitely in Brisbane, you pay a different amount. In you Sydney, do. you pay a different amount. Mm. I'd be super surprised if they had the, yeah. like a rail. Yeah, from yeah the city but to the why airport. should we follow those cities? Well, exactly. But, w- but then, why, that, you know, I the mean, neither that we of those didn't. lines, in fact, is, is really even fast. No, they're not that fast. No, yeah. No. And Brisbane's pretty close. Yeah, like, you, yeah. you're in, you're sort of like in the outer parts yeah. of Brisbane, like, yeah. really yeah. quickly. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so I, I just think I, there's no particular reason. If you're only going to cost a, a billion, which would be the maximum based on other rail lines that have been built recently, like the Moonda extension, mm. yeah, that that you could get to the airport from Broadmeadows for less than a billion. Yeah. Well, now yeah. I live in Brunswick. I think they should ex- like make mm. more frequent rail on the upfield line yeah. and then do a link from the yep. end of the upfield line to well, the airport. That's part of part of the <laughs> part of the part of him putting the airport line up by Broadmeadows. You'd probably have to also, and this is a good thing, extend the upfield line to re- reconnect with the Broadmeadows line ah. up, up near Craigieburn. Great. So you can take yeah. some trains via the 
Well, mm. I'd be up for your line yeah. on the way to Craigieburn and beyond. And Meg wants them to run express from her station. Yeah, yeah if that's okay, yeah. The other thing is that you bring, you bring the buses into it, you see? You bring the, I don't you, mind, you, as you long as it's the, just running express bring, from can, Anstey yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah. the airport. Well, not only Anstey, but there needs to be, there needs to be a, a bus, mm. bus links as well. To the airport and other places, you know, which which we just don't get. There is a bus to the airport from the top of the Broadmeadows yeah, line, but, it's, but, it's but <laughs> you've got to be determined to get there. Well, it, well look, it's, it, it, it is an orbital one of the orbital routes, yeah. bus routes, but it goes around the houses. It's it's yeah, ludicrously sure it slow. I think they do that on purpose to dis- disincentivize people mm. paying two dollars to get to yeah. the airport. Well, of, well, of course, even if you had didn't have the train going by Sunshine, you'd still have a feeder bus from Sunshine across to the airport. Yeah. There'd probably be one from mm. Sunbury as well. I mean, you can't even find out about that bus. No. Like, if you Google it on, like, Google Maps or something like that, you mm. it doesn't come up. It's always Skybus. Mm. So it mm. seems like, you yeah. know, you can yeah. get there with public transport. You yeah. just have to yeah. That's yeah. Right. Buy be Adelaide. patient. Exactly. <laughs> 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 <Yep>. <laughs> no, so, you know, to me... To me, Skybus has always always been highly questionable. I agree. Yeah. Partly too, because if you're if you're on Skybus, you're you're subsidising the free shuttle bus that Skybus runs around the city to get people to their hotels. Mm. That bit's free, so anybody who's local is subsidising the uh, out of towners right. who are going to a hotel. Yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah. good for the tourist industry. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we not going to have time. Meg is going to tell us we've got to stop. We're not going to have time to get onto this, but we might look at it next month because yeah. the the um, National Transport Commission's brought out figures on the pollution levels of our cars, which right. are much, much higher than the rest of the world. Oh, yes. And which cars are the worst? And the, the worst actually is Rolls-Royce, by the way, in oh, terms well. of pollution. <laughs> um, well, I've got a seven-litre motor. they're so pretty. <laughs> That's right. That's, they explain that. Um, but also the fact that, that Trump is, is a, in America is attempting to water down the Obama regulations. Yeah. But the companies that he don't in. want to. No, the car that's, that's it. They're backing yeah. up, and California's bucking. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's it's brought in its own laws, yes. and the, a lot yes. of the big car companies are going along with that's it. Right. So that's, that's interesting. Right. Yeah. So Trump is being so antediluvian that even even the yeah. corporates are saying no. Yeah. So we might look at some of that next month, John. All right. Yeah. Okay, we're going to finish with the song by Archie Roach.